Okay, so this week we're finally back the, the, with the that one, one thing, episode. Damn one, it, Fort Max! Sorry, but there, there is one thing it's missing. That no, I no, we're done with that now. We're it done needs with... tiny hands. <laughs> it needs a tiny glove hands. Bless. Okay, so I made the uh, note in my notes to start the show at a particular time. Then one second later, I've already had to put in the note for an edit. Good job. That's what we're here for. Just like the old days, unfortunately. So after well, a two-week break... Damn it, Fort Max! <laughs> He dropped the mic and he walked away. (laughs) Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission... Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek with Chris. Well, you know, sometimes you podcast the bear and sometimes the bear podcasts you. Hey, Mickey. Scott. I can't wait to say some really ignorant things about it, though. And Fort Max. I told you. He's not coming back, is he? Good. (laughs) This week, on that one episode of Star Trek, fuck all of you! No, I mean, uh, we're doing Star Trek The Next Generation because we have a Cursed Wesley episode to talk about this week. Oh. oh I, thought, I thought Fuck All of You was a season 8 that, were, that didn't get released. TNG season 8 kind of stopped being a thing on Twitter, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Well, you know, you can only have so many ideas. Riker Googling still going strong. Yeah, seemingly reinvigorated because Jonathan Frakes actually acknowledged it. Yes. Senpai noticed me. Intro quote. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Okay, so when we last recorded, which was three weeks ago now, we decided that for this week we would do the game from Next Generation Season 5, which was, I think, the first episode that had Will Wheaton back on since he departed the show in Season 4. To go to a big movie star career. Well, the best laid plans. You know, the same thing happened to Michael Shanks on Stargate. Who? Exactly. <laughs> so I've watched this episode three times, but the last time was like a week and a half ago. Same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Scott, I guess that means it's up to you. Oh, did. We actually should have watched this episode? I thought we were going to freeball it. All right. So on the sex planet of Ryza. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. I mean, it is. 
Apparently they have a huge uh, mosquito problem because it opens up on a shot of a mosquito netting. I guess I guess malaria just devastates the planet's population. Well, the problem is the problem is there are no doors or windows on any of the houses. There's just mm-hmm. holes in the walls. Like, at like kneecap level with like duct tape around them. No, all right. So I guess we should just just go, huh? We should just push forward. All right. So we open up on mosquito netting on Ryza, apparently. And uh, Jonathan Frakes, I am assuming it's not really Ryza, it's actually Jonathan Frakes, is, uh, is stalking a redhead who jumps up behind him and begins strangling them with a... Mosquito net. Yeah, mosquito net, which is highly ineffective, and she giggles and runs away. Uh, I want to point out that like this is danger fucking right here. You encounter a redhead with curly hair who's laughing and running about and jumping on your back trying to kill you with mosquito netting. Don't fuck okay. this bitch. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know if this is true in the gay community, but in the straight community, the crazy ones fuck the best. I mean, yes, that is but just... they're also going to get cause you a lot of trouble, as we'll see. But thing is, he's first officer on a starship that can travel at warp nine. He can get the fuck out of there and never see her again. Oh, he could, except she has stolen his comm badge and has tossed it out the window. Right. Also, and then she gets him hooked on drugs. So I'm not really sure if she's supposed to have like a butt on her forehead or like the underside of a penis. No, I think yeah. her brain is just exceptionally large. <laughs> that's what's that's also squishy and pulsating right there. You know, <laughs> kind of like a Ferengi. Yeah. I mean, when she thinks really hard, you can like see it pulse. Yeah, you can tell what she's thinking by the rhythm of her forehead. <laughs> like how she throws a comet at the window, she throws him to the bed and takes him from behind. And yeah. he loves it. Yeah, he, he takes it. Uh, okay, well, it's not only... They do this weird close-up on her, so she has a button on her forehead with a clitoris in the middle and an anus below that, and she has goat eyes. Goat eyes, motherfucker, yes. I am so strangely aroused. I got the weirdest boner. So she goes in and puts a uh, <laughs> she puts a fucking oh god eyeglass or whatever thing on her the, the Apple fucking Google eye Google eye thing yeah whatever it was Google puts a glass. Google eye on him Google which glass zaps yeah. his eyes and gives him LASIK. <laughs> also, I just want to point out like he's chasing her around to get his com badge back. She throws it out the window and he's just like, oh well, okay. He, like, he didn't make any effort to go retrieve it. That seems like it's a problem. Ryza. What could happen? I think it's pretty safe to say that Riker is drunk. Or high. He's on Ryza with a crazy redhead. Look, what and happens... that if he goes outside to uh, get the comm badge, he's not going to be playing with the crazy redhead. Uh, also, yeah, that... she will lock him out of his room and steal everything in his room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then scream at him about, like, how unfaithful he is, and well, how come they're not married yet? So we have this. Stop projecting, Scott. We have this uncomfortable close-up of of Riker's face as he's jizzing in his pants while playing this mental video game. Yeah, so he's playing a flash game in VR, and it's making him come. Right. I mean, checkerboards, uh, trumpets, and frisbees. Okay. It's like Distatron, only it's being tossed into little digital vaginas. Yeah. I mean, even Max Headroom is like, this is bullshit. Digital vagina on the highway to doom. Band name. 
Okay, so yes, she's all snuggled up on him and making him play this game, which is clearly fucking with his head. All right, credits, credits, credits. Credits, credits, credits. The game! Guest stars Ashley Judd. Ah, yes, Ashley Judd. You know, she just mostly looks tired through this whole episode. Well, putting up with Wesley Crusher will do that to you. Yeah, she has to feign like she's erotically interested in Wesley. <laughs> That's exhausting. You know, or, you know, Will Wheaton. You know, uh, There's a difference? Uh, no, especially if you follow him on Twitter. Um, all right. So, you know, uh, uh, he's got bus blocked. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> I think Bus was talking about that last time he was on. Uh, I didn't believe him. He tends to just say crazy shit for no reason, so. <laughs> like, from what I've experienced over the last several years, it seems like most of the crazy shit he says for no reason is actually true. Yeah, which is scary on its own. Uh-huh. Doubly so, because it's Bus. So, Riker comes sauntering onto the bridge with his, you know, just got you mean, laid jaunt. You mean engineering? Uh, no, it's the bridge. Is it the bridge? Uh, yeah, that Picard's up oh, there. Yeah, it's so got the, the big Kirby thing. Bad, it's got the big bad. gold, but the lit up dome. It's got Khan and Ops. You already yeah, mentioned Picard was there. In the back and there's war. <clears throat> Losing interest now. Pretty sure it's the bridge. <laughs> well, he's there for like thirty seconds. Then we go into engineering with Ashley Judd. Right, right. Which is where I'm going to pause it. Um, okay. So, so apparently Picard's all whining. It's like, oh, we've got to go explore this area of space, and they're only giving us two weeks to do it. And there's all these scientific teams that want to like do their experiments. And oh gosh, the logistics. Whatever shall we do? Riker, this is your job. You fucking handle it. Yeah, I'm gonna be drinking tea in my red room. Go fuck off. <laughs> and here we get a thrilling insight to what Riker's day to day job actually is of assigning duty rosters to everyone on the ship to make sure everyone gets their chance to try and study something and yet for some reason he turns down every captaincy he gets offered where he would be the one to sit in the chair and hand a pad to somebody and say go do this yeah make my ship go (laughs) do all the work for that (laughs) so uh there are the picard makes a brief mention oh and by the way fucking wesley's coming back on board for a little bit he's out of the academy see i think the thing is is that he wants to be the one actually commanding actually in charge of the individual people well that's what he's doing is exactly what he did what he has yeah mr bossy pants some people are just made to micromanage all right let's go down to engineering and there's ashley judd and her Cute little gold uniform. I like how Rocker Rocker kind of walks she been by. On this show before, on, yeah, she on appeared the briefly prior. in the background of Darmok, I believe. Yeah, so uh, Rocker walked through, through engineering to talk to Jordy, and he kind of like looks at uh, Ashley Judd and he keeps staring at her as he's walking forward. He has to kind of shake his head and remember, okay, don't stare at the ensigns. I got in trouble for that in HR a couple times. All right, so, yes, again, more exciting logistics. Says down the talks to Jordy, oh, do we have time to, like, uh, you know, see everything and have all the teams do what they want to do? No, sir, there's just too much science that needs to go on. Have you installed the Zoom and Enhanced driver yet? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Jordy, you like porn, right? <laughs> right. I got something to show you later. Okay, so let's let's deconstruct this for a second here. So they have this device... 
that you wear that shoots a beam into your eyes and visually projects a game to you. Uh-huh. Jordy can't see. Jordy sees better than most of us. Because <laughs> he sees the true beauty within. Right, but can he see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> as long as it registers on the infrared spectrum, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it gives off if it gives off inverse tachyons, you got you covered. It's good to be back. Yeah, they, they, they kind of dance around the whole issue of how this thing works on Jordy if he's blind. Uh-huh. I assume I'm... that it works by projecting light into sensors, and it can be whatever goddamn type of lo- wavelength of light it want it uh, feels like using. Uh, I'm thinking that whatever it is, the visor picks it up and translates it just fine. Yeah, I mean it must. Yeah, yeah, it clearly does. Spoiler alert. Okay, so yeah, you do work and stuff. Oh, here's the thing I want you to try, Jordy. Okay, yeah, maybe later. I'm kind of fucking busy. I just explained to you how we're totally overloaded <laughs> right now, and it's your yeah. fault. Yeah, dick. <laughs> I know this is like going to your employee, going, "Hey, I need twelve things done like today." Oh, and you want to go hang out in the break room for a while? It's like, no, you just fucking told me I had a bunch of stuff to do. What the hell? All right, so we walk in. Uh, oh, God. Well, Riker walks into Ten Forward, and there's this Troy. <laughs> this is this is a very interesting scene. <laughs> this is the weirdest, most out of place. So, uh, buckle in, Buckaroos. We get ten minutes of Troy uh, performing fellatio on an ice cream sundae. Also, so, her like, her ice cream is the most unappealing looking thing too, because it's chocolate. With hot fudge, with little chocolate chips or whatever on it, and more chocolate on top of that. Well, Give me diabetes. some contrast. Yeah. Okay. So, like, this whole scene is lampshaded from the very beginning of Rock coming and saying, "Oh, you've got chocolate. You want to be alone?" Yeah. And like. The... <sighs> and then it just gets sexier from here for some reason. <laughs> Well, yeah, because she usually has, cho- you know, Sundays when she's depressed, apparently. Uh, but no, here she's like eating chocolate and finger banging herself at the same time. Right. Her face is slick with sweat. Look at it. <laughs> I assume that's sweat. That's not even the 60s. <laughs> yeah, it's not even vegetable oil. <laughs> so I do like the bowl she has. It makes no sense at all. Look at that thing. What an overly complicated bowl to eat ice cream out of. Have any of y'all ever watched Showgirls? Uh, I, I've never made it through an entire viewing in one sitting, but I think through various points in time, I have seen the whole movie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I usually make it about 10 minutes after the opening credits and then I'm done with it. There's a scene in it, which is fantastically awful where, uh, Gina Gershon and Elizabeth Berkeley have a dinner table conversation like this. That's erotically charged discussing how much they love to eat dog food. Okay. Oh, you eat dog food too? Ooh, I love puppy chow. It's the best. <laughs> what? Oh, yes, I love it too. It's like there's a five minute scene like getting off and talking about eating dog food. It's exactly like this scene. <laughs> but I think Paul Verhoeven saw this scene. He's like, I like this scene where they go on to use that in movie. It's like Paul, the Paul for of an accent I can possibly do, so you're you're welcome. Yeah, like the script is calling for a scene that's getting them to like relate about being poor and trying to like get in their business. 
Whereas the directing is just like, let's make this about sex. I think Paul Verhoeven knew exactly what he was doing in that movie. Uh huh. Making that, the was that colossal pile it, of garbage. Yes, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better or worse, though. It makes it better if it's intentional. Yes, mm. it's not accidentally bad like Catwoman. Okay, but like if it's accidentally bad, but it's that astoundingly bad where it's amazing. That that's kind of impressive for an accident. If you're trying to create that kind of art from the outset, I think it loses something. Possibly. Hmm. That's a deeper conversation I want to get into when I'm looking at Troy. Unless you intended <laughs> it to be bad in a completely different way than it ended up being bad. Possibly, yes. The moral of the story is that Showgirls is amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard to watch all of it once, but yes. Yeah. It's a treat. So my thought is is that Troy is intentionally fucking with Riker at this point because she knows he just got back from Ryza and probably got all kinds of strange, and she's trying to remind him of what he's missing by not being with her. That's what I got from it, too. Because she is clearly reeling him in like a fish. I mean, yeah. Meanwhile, Riker's just like, okay, that's great. Hey, I got a game. Yeah. Although I think Troy when he's gives a... the creepiest face I have ever seen. Well, yeah, and seriously, think... this is where Troy should have gone. Okay, something is wrong with Riker. Better than chocolate? Go fuck yourself. Well, I think like when he says, "I've got a game from Riza," I think she had a completely different concept in mind. True. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about sex here. He's like, I got a new game to play. I learned it on Risa. He's right. like, oh, does it involve it's Dungeons and Dragons. It uses dice. So, you know, by the time he gets her back to, you know, whichever one of their quarters they go to, and she finds out, oh, an actual literal game. And he, you know, straps it on her and shoots the thing in her eye and then turns the game on. Um, so usually she straps it on her. <laughs> But he's still shooting it in her eyes. <laughs> no, but by that point, it's too late for it to matter if she thinks there's something wrong with him or not, because now there's something wrong with her, too. <laughs> that was before this episode started. Yes, that All screenshot right. that you just tweeted, that's perfect. Oh, well, there's like tweeting going on while we're podcasting? I can't <laughs> keep up. <laughs> I can't pay attention to y'all, sorry. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I barely can. All right, so, uh... Oh, oh, yes. Okay, so earlier in the episode, Picard says, Oh, good news. Wesley's coming by shuttle to visit us. And so right. what pulls up besides the Enterprise? Not a an shuttlecraft, but an Oberth-class <laughs> science ship. <laughs> oh, yeah, a hundred-year-old science ship. So, yes, basically a shuttle. <laughs> yeah, an 80-year-old science ship that holds, like, 23 people. I'm going to assume that they just gave it to Wesley and said, you don't have to bring it back, just leave it. <laughs> yeah, he leaves the board and it just drifts off. Into... <laughs> Everybody knows these things are only good for one trip at a time. Otherwise, oh, the thing has man. to be completely refit. Yeah, well, the fact that it doesn't have a deflector dish, you know, it probably takes so much damage <laughs> going through warp. <laughs> all right. So, Wesley beams the engineering hole. Do they beam back and forth all the time? Yes. No, they'd put on spacesuits and do a spacewalk every time they want to they go jump. to the... Yeah. All right, so Wesley beams aboard, and the only thing there to greet him in the transporter room is a sack of potatoes. I mean, <laughs> O'Brien. 
Um, I knew the joke was, was coming, like, but I still laughed. Who 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 just says nope? Nobody's They're here. Busy. They're all busy. Fuck off. Well, can I go say hi? Like, yeah, oh, let me check. Yeah, you can you can go to the observation lounge. Congratulations. But take the direct turbo lift. Don't walk through the bridge. Yeah, whatever you do. Because <laughs> anybody knows that nobody's on there. All right, so he walks into a darkened observation lounge and then speedily gets mauled by bats. No. Um, gets eaten by a Gru? Yeah. <laughs> gets zorked. Uh, so, yes, everyone's on there. Surprise, surprise. Welcome back on board. Everyone's feigning to be happy to see him. And then Worf just, like, screams over top of everybody, CAKE! <laughs> no, not not before Wesley and Picard have a Latin off. <laughs> Dorks. But that's what you have to learn to pilot a starship. Latin. Yes. I mean, all the Elkaru's readouts are printed in Latin. Right. Grenada, like, hands him a slice of chocolate cake and goes, this cake used to be chocolate sundae yesterday when Troy had it. And it's since been recombined. <laughs> Thanks, Data. I didn't need to know that. No, no, <laughs> no, no. This isn't, this isn't the uh, Sunday Troy ate yesterday. This is what Worf ate yesterday because he said, I made it myself. Ah. <laughs> okay, now you got me wondering, what is Klingon poop like? <laughs> Stones. Jagged, yeah, it's jagged, like, uh, compressed into like diamonds. Yeah, lump of coal. Well, I imagine it's kind of hooked and bladed. You know, it comes out looking like a one of those like dragon fruit with the spikes on okay, it. Okay, so I imagine the Klingon digestive system is not geared the same way ours is, where you know you have a movement a couple times a day if you're healthy. Uh, like I think in the best of cases, the Klingon digestive system, you poop maybe like once or twice a month. And, you know, it comes out all, like, impacted and everything. And the reason Klingons have their personality problems is because most of the time they're horribly, horribly constipated. The thing is, that Klingons can't get enough fiber because they're practically carnivores, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot of protein to process. So I bet you it comes out, like, as a paste that smells incredibly foul. Yeah. Okay, so you're, like, so you're pitching the idea they have a dog's digestive system. Well, yeah, I would imagine that, that when yeah. they try to wipe, it's like trying to wipe peanut butter out of shag carpeting. <laughs> I think the Klingons probably were no, the first. No. The Klingons are probably the first civilized culture to invent the bidet. <laughs> Ooh, they didn't nice. invent it; they conquered it. Ah, but like a Klingon yeah. bidet is not like a human bidet or a Vulcan sand bidet. This is a flamethrower. <laughs> it sand. It cauterizes. <laughs> It just yeah, it just turns all the remnant poop to ash and it falls off. It's the most honorable way to wipe. Actually, they probably have a blade that scrapes it off. Which would mean they're incredibly smooth down there. They're constantly scraping well, no, and shaving. The head ridges that goes all the way down straight to the anus. Oh, that's true. It's scaly there. Right. Maybe not a blade, but like um a uh, uh, wire brush. Yes. Yeah. That'd be more effective, too. It's actually a brush made from the beard hair. Ah. It's a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the first bat left was made out of hair, as the legend goes. Klingon legends are weird. Yeah. All right, so everyone's all happy to see Wesley. Cake, cake, cake. Oh, and Troy's like, oh, uh, 
Hey, doctor, uh, you need to come to my quarters later. I got a game to show you. Oh. Well, let's not skip over Data's fantastic laugh. Uh, uh, it's completely just kind of glossed over in the scene. Yeah. That's not the like, first time anybody's that heard that it, though. Have been the focus of a joke and mm-hmm. uh, talking to Data about, oh, you're doing so well about learning to laugh. But no, let's kind of ignore it. <laughs> that's because it's not the first time this laugh has appeared in the series. But this is the first time I've seen it just sort of ignored by everyone, though. Mm-hmm. Well, Typically, they of... laugh at the focal point of like, look, he's doing it. Here's <laughs> right. like, he does. Like, they've got kind of used to like, a, they don't laugh shitty. Yeah but, trying, yeah, but today the most awkward thing in the room is Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, speaking of Data and Wesley, they're walking down the corridors, kind of catching up a little bit. Uh,. And as it turns out, Wesley has no better of a social life than an android. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, him and Jordy have that in common. So, I, whatever, that's a, basically, the point of their, their walk through the corridors is that, oh, yeah, I got pranked. You got pranked? Yeah, I got pranked, too. Man, we're a bunch of dorks with no social skills at all, and we both get pranked all the time. Actually, I figure what's interesting about Data here in, in the previous scene of this one is that his androidness is not being played for like, to be endearing or humanizing. It actually makes him kind of off-putting and strange. He's right. generally not portrayed that way. Right, right. You forget how alien he is, you know. I like that when they're walking through the corridors and Wesley says something and Data, you can see him think for a second and go, oh, the proper response to say is, good for you. And he points at him in this very exaggerated way. So it's like a an engram he learned somewhere and he figured he should use it there. Right, he's writing batch files of what to say when. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, it's the same thing I do. Wesley talked like he can't dance. Like, oh, well, your mom can dance. She taught me to dance. I will teach you to dance. Yeah. It's... I wish Data was written like this more often. Of being yeah, less... Yeah, I, I like weird, awkward, uh, slightly creepy Data. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, this, I, this is what Data in the first season should have been like more. Agreed. Rather than just being like, you know, Brent Spiner on drugs. <laughs> no no yeah i agree because i mean his the whole point of oh well he's the he's the character in, in this series that's looking for humanity and all this kind of stuff was well, like you have to make him inhuman so he can search for the humanity mm-hmm. you know they did a little bit of that with like seven of nine where they made her like very off-putting and and annoying and uh well no more so know. than the rest of the voyager cast oh well yeah but it worked for her, they, in make her, her case. Off-putting, they wouldn't put her in that skin type cat suit i don't know i found that kind of off-putting well, that's not what their goal was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's one of the things I have mixed feelings about. <laughs> Damn it. My feelings on it are pretty clear, but then again, I'm not you guys. <laughs> that's true. I mean, at least that, like, silver one they put her in for the first few episodes she was in the show was kind of cool looking, but, like... Because it had that ribbing and stuff. It gave that design to it. Which apparently is incredibly painful. Well, that would, you know, explain why they stopped using that. I'm just right. saying, like, that was the cool-looking one, but just all the rest of the... Like, none of them were really appealing. They None of them worked the way they were supposed to. I didn't like the burgundy one. It looked too plain. I, it looks like something Troy would wear. Yeah, I, I have opinions about start, this. <laughs> I didn't... For 7-9's uniform, they do something like, you know, they could do the sexy thing, but gradually have it... Start kind of borgy and gradually slim that down to be more and more human as they go. Right. But they didn't do that. No, it's just... Uh... So, wait, well, you're trying to tell me the Voyager missed opportunities? They might have. I mean, if you look <laughs> at it closely and study it and analyze, <laughs> you might see one or two places where they might have fucked up really goddamn hard. I mean, okay, so, like, 
just look at the uniform style Voyager was using in general. Like, you could just have her wear, like, uniform pants and the skin-tight gray undershirt from the uniform and still get most of your goal out of that, but also not have her look like she's super out of place. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of would have been okay if, her, if she was wearing her slut suit, but it was still done up the same colors as the branch uniforms, like black with the blue on top. Yeah, right. right. And, like, they seem to kind of try to do that later, because, like, I think the one she ended up in most of the time in the later seasons was, like, uh, mostly blue with silver panels. So, like, they kind of tried to fit that in, but by then it was far too late. Anyway, next generation. <laughs> so, Wesley's out in engineering. Because Riker said, hey, you're on vacation. You want to work? <laughs> Do yeah, I? They, they, yeah, they actually made a mention of, well, I bet you want to get some sleep and use the holodeck and relax a little bit now that you're out of the academy. <laughs> Too bad. We're overloaded. So get your ass down to engineering. Oh, by the way, there's a hot piece down there you might be interested in. <laughs> Go see Ensign Ashley Judd. She'll take care of you. <laughs> I will definitely see Ensign Ashley Judd. She'll tell you how to handle it manually. I like how she comes around the corner and he, the the look on Wesley's face of ha 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 Why didn't we have one of those when I lived here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have changed my voice years sooner. All right. So actually, Judd, you know, being professional and actually, you know, working on the starship. Um, starts, okay, start, well, Wesley's nope. complaining because the computer's not calibrating something. Right. And internationally, Judd says, well, you just do it manually. And he's like, no way, you can't do that. And I'm like, hold up, let's rewind a few seasons what Wesley could do that <laughs> nobody else in the world believed could no, be no, 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 he's not saying and that. he's mystified. No, he's not saying that it's impossible to do manually. He is saying the computer should be doing it. It's the computer's right. job. That's what the computer is good for. That's all its kind is good for. I still think he seems awfully surprised that this could possibly be done by human hands. Well, he might be a little distracted. Right After now. he fucking teleported <laughs> them to the Borg in that one episode. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, that wasn't the Borg. That was where no one has gone before. With the Traveler. Yeah, is this yeah. before or after the Traveler whisks him away? This is after the Traveler has come. But they was, well, you, no, yeah. uh, what you're thinking of is like season seven, though. Oh, okay. It's a little fuzzy in my head of that timeline of the traveler and when Wesley goes away and comes back and all that shit. So, well, all right, back he went bridge. away in season seven and never came back. Oh, okay, good. Except to randomly appear in Nemesis because that's the worst written movie ever with even worse editing. <laughs> all right, so back up the bridge. Data and Joy are discussing. Okay, how the hell are we going to get everybody to like you know use all the equipment when they're supposed to? Jordy is like. Fuck it. I'm tired of talking about this. Go flip a coin. I don't give a shit. I'll go replicate one. <laughs> yeah. Very cute, Data. So uh, Crusher goes, hey, uh, Data, I need you down in uh, in sick bay. Something uh, pretty important. I need your help. So Data goes, duck, duck, okay, I'm not really doing anything like up here, you know, my job or anything. I'll just come down and see what you're doing. Actually, this kind of sounds like, you know, me at my job. Are you doing anything? Yes. Could you come help me right away? Right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> My All printer's right. unplugged. How do I fix it? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the pretense for calling him down is, well, I need this done, but I don't want to wait and do it myself or, you know, wait for some other technician to come and do this. I need it right now. Can I just, you know, interrupt you so you can do this menial task for five minutes? 
Yeah. So let's Crusher abuse the up. android. So Data heads down to the sick bay. Crusher sneaks up behind him using her medical skills, give him gives him a prostate push, which makes him come so hard he passes out. I know, right? The way this is framed looks like she just shoves her finger up his ass to hit the off button. Which is a really great place to put an off button on an android because that's not like you're gonna accidentally find it. No one's gonna want to go digging around in the android anus. Well, well, unless the android happens to be gay. I mean, you know. Daddy he has a fully game. functional android prostate. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can milk it. Okay, so actually, fun thing I read about this scene. The first time they shot it, uh, Brent Spiner fell down so hard, he had his chin on the table. He had to go get stitches. Yeah. And then they had to reshoot the scene. Mm, of course. <sighs> All right. So uh, Data falls down on the bed, unconscious, face down, which is the way we like them. Uh, Riker, Troy, and Crusher creepily stand over him as Crusher begins to slice through his brain with a laser. Laser. All right. So quick uh, commercial intercut. Uh, now we're hanging out with uh, Wesley and uh, I guess Naomi. Is that his name? No, Picard. Oh, is it Picard? Okay, yeah. So Picard is... Time. Yeah, Picard has the fanciest fucking silver tea set I've ever seen in my life. Look at this fop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I just love all the little sparkly pieces. All right, so Wesley and, and Picard are talking about Boothby. Have we seen Boothby at this point? No. No, uh, we will wait okay. in the season, though. Okay, so yeah, they're talking about old Boothby, uh, who was there apparently when Picard was a cadet. So I'm thinking Boothby's a Q, but whatever. So I love that Picard's like, oh, what did he have to say about me? And it was like, he didn't even remember, remember you. you. <laughs> <laughs> look at Picard's, Picard's face. Like, the fuck he didn't. <laughs> it's not a course for Earth. Warp 9. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, it's okay. I found an old yearbook and showed him your picture, and then he pretended to remember you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pickard. I remember him. <laughs> He's like, asshole got stabbed in the heart. <laughs> right. And then laughed about it. <laughs> All right, so now they have this little cute scene where Wesley goes, uh, what, are the initial, uh, what do the initials AF stand for? And as fuck. Picard, yeah, Picard responds, well, in 21st century internet slang, it's as fuck. <laughs> as in, I'm ignoring you as fuck. I love the look of shock on Picard's face of, oh, crap. So, yes, apparently he does have a penis now. Yeah. <laughs> Anal fissure. AF. <laughs> That's what they called me in the academy. Anal fissure. <laughs> I got drunk one night and some Noskins found me drunk in an alleyway. They had their way with me and when I went to the doctor I had an anal fissure the size of the Grand Canyon. The other cadets found out about it and they did not let me live it down until I became captain of my own starship. I'll thank you not to bring this up to senior staff. Okay, that might have been a slight exaggeration. One of them was your father. I had him killed. <laughs> I never was, I was never called AF again. All right, so back down in I guess medical bay. Uh, they uh, they've uh, they, they've called Picard down to go. Oh, something wrong with Data. You need to see this. He just kind of zonked out. Weird, huh? And Jordy's down there as well. So I guess they're going to try to get Jordy or Picard or both. The thing is, when um, when Doctor Crusher called Data to come down there in the first place. Jordy was standing right next to him and would have heard the entire conversation. 
Which, you know, now Crusher is saying, like, well, he came in complaining of this or that, and then collapsed. Well, the timeline kind of doesn't match up, and that's completely different from what he was supposed to be going down there for. Right. So, another thing, they didn't, like, check the logs for the room. But I guess, you know, Picard and Jordy don't know this, but they don't know the Troy and the Doctor and Riker are all in on it. So, so Jordy's going through... Starfleet. They wouldn't do anything wrong to each other. They're right? all friends. That's true. So, Jordy's <laughs> going through... Data's personal stuff, trying to find anything that would cause this, and they don't know what it is. It's like his brain just cut off from the roof of his body. Okay. So Riker takes this opportunity to go, so, uh, G-Dog, you look a little stressed there, bro. Sir, don't call me bro. You know I hate that. I don't know, a great way to release some stress. Yeah. Find it at Riza. So the doctor showed me this two-finger prostate thing that just will (laughs) knock you out. (laughs) (laughs) So it goes, yeah, there's a game you should try. Okay. All right. Back down in engineering, we uh, we have the lovebirds all kind of hanging out, talking about conduit configurations. Oh, here's where we get introduced to Ashley Judd's laws. Yeah, she keeps saying these stupid, Law 37, don't suck a dick you don't know, or whatever she says. <laughs> I don't know. 147 simple rules for dating my Ashley Judd. <laughs> uh, I don't know if condoms are in there anywhere. All right, so whatever. So she's apparently heard all these stories about about Wesley from nosing in on information about uh, the academy. Talking about the stunts that he's pulled on people and the pranks that he uses to get back on people. Something about some nozzle spring chili sauce. I don't know. An anti-matter regulator, I think. I guess spraying chili sauce. Yeah, it doesn't really that make sense, but whatever. And she's just talking about his birthmark. Ew. <laughs> right? Like, I don't even... That's vague enough that it sounds really gross and off-putting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like, like, like the inside the conduit view, like, facing both the characters. And Wesley's, like, looking at the back of her head, like... <laughs> Creepy also, as hell looking. Also, like, how poorly the shot is framed. and like The, the, the conduit's, like, over Wesley's eyes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you see his, like, creepy-ass grin. <laughs> yeah, it's like the director of photography had, like, five minutes to come up with and set this uh, shot up. And the surprise, it doesn't quite work. We don't have time to rebuild the set, so we're going with it. Right. So, eventually, the Enterprise makes it to the Phoenix Cluster that they have to all map. Uh, and apparently, someone has leveled up to three tubas and discs. And what do you know? It's the Doctor who's sitting there soaking your panties playing this video game. So Wesley comes in and gets in her frame of shot, and she's just like, oh, so sorry, and zips up hurriedly. <laughs> Mom, did you spill a pitcher of water on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> is there a lubricant link in here? What's that smell? This scene is so gross. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's all flushed and breathing hard, and dude, he just walked in and his mom masturbating. It's a little <laughs> Masturbating gross. using a dildo she bought for him. <laughs> yeah, and then takes it off her head, and then get here. You use this on yourself now. <laughs> uh, yeah, here, just, I don't just like wipe this. it off, sweetie. Just here, let mommy wipe it off, and then you can use it. <laughs> <laughs> it may smell like me. Here you go. Here, it's fine. Thankfully, Wesley's an idiot and doesn't need to notice how creepy all this shit is. He's like, "No thanks, mom. I've got a date with Ashley Judd." <laughs> Either that or he's completely used to it. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> right. 
Like, uh, this is nothing new to him. Yeah, this is just life. This is just normal. And then, like, Crusher is like, oh, you got a date? Maybe we can make it a three-way. <laughs> yeah, maybe even, we can have a threesome. Even without the, the sexual overtones, like, the whole, oh, you got a date? Bring her back here. We can hang out and play video games together. Yeah. Right. That's, what the That's really lame. Uh, but the fact that this is so obviously a device that gives you orgasms is what makes it insanely gross. Yeah. 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 This has got to be the genesis of so many fanfics, though, that happened, like, on Usenet. <laughs> Scott, nobody's ever written a fanfic about Crusher. Either <laughs> of them. <laughs> Look, I know. I've searched. <laughs> There's probably more fanfics about Jack Crusher than, you know, Beverly or Wesley. <laughs> Jack Crusher and Picard on the Stargazer. Oof. Note to self, search for this. <laughs> USS Analgazer. I call this Picard maneuver. <laughs> Flip over, bitch. I thrust forward at warp one. <laughs> so there's two of me, one in front of you and one behind. <laughs> I call it because I'm a Frenchman. I call it the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) So strangely, Wesley doesn't play the video game, and then would rather go on a date with uh, Naomi Wildman or whatever her name is. I can't. They're all the same. Okay, so they're on a date, and he's wearing his best blue corduroy sweater thing, while she's actually wearing this nice red dress. It's pink, Scott. Just <laughs> a little clarification. <laughs> okay, maybe, it's a maybe, pink dress. Maybe uh, turn the saturation on your TV down a little bit. <laughs> I'm watching this on my computer monitor. Okay, oh, so I've got a caveman. Turn the saturation down on your monitor a little bit. No, if you were a fancy person, you'd be able to output your computer to your TV so you could watch things on a bigger screen. Well, I do, I do, I do do that. It's just I'm not doing it right now. Although, and speaking of saturation, the more she's on screen in that dress, yes, things are quickly getting saturated. So, like the ah. other date, um, they're having a conversation. Like, isn't it weird how everyone's masturbating in front of us these days? Right. <laughs> Like, look at this bitch over to our to our left. She's like, like rubbing the couch, man. Look at her. Okay, oh. look at her O face there. She would be the worst fuck. <laughs> well, her, face, only... her, her orgasm face is like, yeah, <laughs> me something. Yeah, you know there are plenty of positions we don't have to see their face. You of all people should know this. <laughs> uh, all right, so. They're having a pleasant date, you know, eating and drinking and, and chilling out. And they go, hey, let's go do, let's go down to the medical computers and run simulations. Oh, boy. Well, it's a date between an engineer and a nerd. Right. So then we get They've see identified a nobody. problem. They really want to go solve it together. Yeah. It kind of makes sense to me. <laughs> sure. No, well, no. I'm talking about Ashley at the Alpha here. She needs different colored stockings for that dress. I, you know, it's something I don't feel like I should have an opinion about, but I agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm not what would go with it. that, though? Just bare legs, I would think, but whatever. Or black. 
Yeah, or black. Or fishnets. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> I can't see it, but I like where you're going. A nice pair of spanks. Go to Walmart later. All right, so they hook it up to the medical computer that can simulate a human brain and the effects this device would have on it in a very realistic simulation, which I think is cool. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, so they're they're studying like serotonin levels and what it's doing to different cortexes of the brain, and they they quickly figure out, okay, so it hits the pleasure centers. Okay, that that makes sense, I guess. But it's also doing stuff like to higher reasoning. It's like doing some weird shit. It's shutting it off. Yeah, it's psychotropic, it's addictive, and it's also affecting, like, judgment and shit like that. Higher reasoning, yeah. Also, hella ice drain. <laughs> that doesn't have, like, a drool catcher underneath, like a gun. <laughs> so, Wesley... No, I like after the box of tissues. Here, Wesley is totally giving the lean over really close to him. Like, I'm trying to sort of put moves on you, but still look professional at the same time. Well, from that angle, it's a lot easier to look down her shirt. Look, I'm getting I mean, close to you, but I'm not actually touching you. <laughs> I'm getting used to me, my presence being near. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Wesley sees that this is clearly a problem. And goes, I, I, I'm going to go talk to the captain. So Wesley goes into Picard's ready room. Like, out of uniforms. It looks ridiculous. Oh, thanks for dressing up, asshole. <laughs> Did you pull his you pants know, up just, any higher? Your yeah, nipples just, are still exposed. I'm just captain. Yeah, that's all right. Don't dress up or anything. You know, so Wesley goes, um, I don't think this virtual boy is really going to work out. <laughs> no, actually, I like how he phrases specifically. I want to talk to you about something that Riker brought back from Ryza. <laughs> no, not harpies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Riker totally did. Yeah, he's making it very clear that this is all Riker's fault. So Picard, it seems interested. It's like, oh, addictive? Well, that's interesting. Tell me more about it. So he goes on all the techno babble about what, what it actually does to the brain. Picard looks suitably uncomfortable about this whole thing. Well, I'll look into it at once. Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's deeply disturbing. Go away now. Yes, I will, I will definitely look into it. I will look into the device you're talking about. Directly. I will look directly into the device you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep pushing that one, but thanks, guys. As soon as you leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Walk out that door. Okay. Eyeball time. <laughs> uh, Captain time. Oh, the metal's cold in my head. No hair. I just want to point out that uh, Captain Picard's O face. Very stoic. <laughs> At least <laughs> thinking of England. <laughs> You'd never see him coming. Uh Nobody? No one's going to gonna let that one just sit there? It was pretty weak, so it's okay to let, let it go. All right. That was okay. a key question, I'm sorry. So we get a uh, we get a gamer's view. We get, like, Hardcore Henry version of 10 Forward. You shut your whore mouth. Don't you dare disparage Hardcore Henry. I haven't seen it, but I really want to. It's a, it's a treat. It's a I know. I want to see it really badly. Uh, okay, so apparently this is O'Brien. He's like, oh, hey, Ashley Judd, have you, have you played the game yet? He's like, it's really great. It's better than a sack of potatoes. And he walks away. <laughs> oh, Phantom Bagara, what a fun video game. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I've already done it. Thanks. I'm, uh, I've totally lost my virginity already. You don't have to offer any more thanks. All right. I think so I've already your number. 
everybody in 10 Ford has these devices on there. So they've been replicating them and then just giving them out to the crew. Someone walks up and goes, here, if you don't have one, here, you can use mine. And they go, that's good. Thanks. Bye. A sticky. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Wesley goes, well, wait a minute. This is a psychological thing. Who would be immune? Data. Well, let's go get him. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> He's knocked out of commission. So the Enterprise is sitting here at the Phoenix Cluster, supposed to be doing the all these scientific experiments, and everyone's too busy playing this goddamn video game to be doing their jobs. Starfleet is going to have Picard's head for this. Actually, I think they're going to have Riker for this, because he's the one who you know, brought it and introduced it to the ship. Uh, space chlamydia. I blame Pokemon Go. <laughs> you know how old you just sounded? Yep. <laughs> About as old as he is. Ugh. About as old as you are, too, Scott. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a spring chicken. Let's say disparaging thing about millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to get goddamn jobs. They're fucking younger than us. Yeah. Assholes. How dare they? They're going to outlive us. No, no, I'm not to say it. About it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, Wesley and and what's her name? Ashley Judd. Yeah, sure. Ashley Judd are down there, and uh, they, they're examining data, and they eventually find out that there's like apparently <clears throat> six microfibers that connect his brain to the rest of his body. That if they get severed, he's a paraplegic. No, he's not paraplegic. Just, he's a vegetable. And it's just that easy, huh? He's not paraplegic, he's a vegetable. No, his brain's working, he just can't move. Yeah, his brain's working and it's not getting out to his body. Like, he can't right. talk or see or anything. Yeah, he's that's beyond, chlorophyll. That's beyond paraplegic. So, anyway, so they, they quickly surmised that, well, someone had to do this on purpose. This wasn't an accident. They severed him. Why would they want to do that? And they go, well, duh, because he's the only one immune to this thing, so they had to take him out. Well, who could do this, though? There's only two people on the ship with the knowledge of data to do this. And either way, the engineer <laughs> and my mom, who's a human doctor. What? Right. What? <laughs> this is just like the circulatory system. Snip, snip, snip. <laughs> no, this goes no, back fuck to... You. Medicine does not work this way. No, this goes back to data lore where Crusher was involved in putting lore together and like studying data to figure out how to make him work. So, since then, she's been considered an expert on data. Crutcher should know dick shit about machines. Yeah, pretty much. She can't even reprogram her own tricorder. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) But, yes, I mean, that was a believable enough excuse for data, so, yeah, you must be right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did into the... Fine, rolls his eyes. <laughs> like a new batch of tricorders comes in one day. Like you know, open it up, it's just blinking twelve. No, no, you fucking asshole! You do it. I was about to say half the consoles and the med thing are blinking twelve. You think you do, cock? <laughs> Damn it! Uh, El Cars blinks twelve o'clock. Okay. <laughs> How do I sync the photos on my tricorder to the cloud? <laughs> Mom, we have to be in the subspace range of a star base for it to get, okay, well, how do I do it from here? It's like, you can't, Mom. We have to get, all right, never mind. <laughs> now, why is it sideways? Yeah. <laughs> You're holding it wrong. Just hold it up this way. It opens upside down. You're just holding it upside down. <laughs> all right. So we got up to the bridge where basically everybody's up there. Picard is giving our orders uh, to see the devices are properly distributed. 
And don't forget Mr. Crusher. Go wrangle a nerd. Oh, slow... we'll get there. We'll get there. This weird, creepy close-up of Picard's face as it lingers blankly forward. So Crusher and Worf go to back to her quarters to look for Wesley, because why wouldn't he have his own quarters? And of course you want to stay with your mom. You. No, I think he does have his own quarters. It's just kind of demonstrated poorly. Yeah. Because like, so I, I think I think Crusher was waiting in his quarters for him with her dildo earlier. Yeah. So they walk in and they they see uh, Naomi Judd and Wesley on the bed playing the video game ostensibly. They you go know, gasping, to each other. gasping and convulsing and yeah. Right. I guess they've seen enough people do this. They know how to react. Worf kind of looks disappointed that he's not going to get to force Wesley to wear this. God, has I, a could rape s- thing. I could snap his neck with two fingers. Oh, <laughs> God, it feels so good, like chicken bones. What I want to know is how they got Worf to wear one. Hey, Worf, put this on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really? All you have to do is say, that's an order. He'd be like, all right. Worf, there's... A- there's honor in wearing one of these. <laughs> oh, shit. Give me that. Give it. Uh, give me two. I want two. <laughs> what I want to know, like, there's a bunch of kids on the Enterprise, too. Like, you know, children 10 and under. Do they make them all wear them, too? Well, they didn't have this to. This is going to disturbing places. <laughs> well, that's Star Trek, and that's our <laughs> podcast. I'm just thinking, like... How close were we to an episode plot that's like Wesley back from the Academy and a bunch of the ship's children saved the ship? Yeah, that'd be too insipid. They've done that several times, haven't they? Well, they did that season six episode where uh, Picard, Guinan, Roe, and Keiko get turned into kids. Yeah. Except that episode's kind of enjoyable despite being stupid as shit. Oh, it, it definitely is. Especially, we didn't do that. Especially, yeah, when we they, watch it. especially when they start using Alexander as the, you know, substitute wharf. <laughs> that sounds adorable. <laughs> it's like the Peanuts version of Star Trek. Yeah, pretty Total much. Rest. All right, so we have this really rad spaceship moving on to the Enterprise. What a cool-looking spaceship. It's like a physical model, too. You can see the lights. It's so neat-looking. You know, at this point uh, in Star Trek, most of the... physical sh- model. Yeah, at this point in Star Trek, basically all the ships are physical models. I know. It's a lost art. I just miss it. All right, so Picard calls everyone up to the bridge. Everyone is important. And what do you know? Butthead McGee's captaining this alien ship. And boy, did she get bitchy. You know, I think I just now realized this is the same woman that Riker was boning. Wait, you didn't? Mm-hmm. So, like, really, up until now, you didn't realize that was the case? Okay, so, um, sometimes, uh, I really depend on someone's hairstyle to identify them, particularly with women. Uh-huh. Therefore, I could put a hairstyle. Uh, can kind of really throw me. Uh-huh. So what you're saying is you have no eye for faces? Uh, no, so what you're saying is sun, you kept wondering who this uh, new person on the, uh, no. on the uh, station was in Power Rangers in space. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Astronomers ever changing hairstyles. Oh, um, when I when space was on and I wasn't watching it, I didn't really realize it was the same person. I thought it was just a new character. Okay, but here in this case, I didn't really recognize it being the woman from before. I assumed the woman before was like 
a pawn, her spy, and she's the actual commander? Nope, same person. So. Yes. That's actually a little bit less believable, I think. So, butt clit head McGee. <laughs> something like that. Her name is Itana, now apparently. It's one woman taking over the Enterprise. Yeah. Rather than a whole uh, government secret Russia Putin thing. Right. See, this this actually kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, the toy or whatever it was where Data was going to be collected by Fajo. It's like this this one cunning villain that they have to face down that has this master plan to fuck with the entire Enterprise. That's kind of the time when the Ferengi almost stole the Enterprise. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. them. Yeah. So this is interesting. So Atana like knows the bridge crew by name and goes, okay, you, you're going to take a shuttle craft and go to this star base. You, you're going to go to this planet and start getting out these devices. Basically from here, you're going to just like seed the Federation with these devices. And so her race or her personally or something, her government can like take over the Federation. Yeah. It's not really clear. Like, you know, is she doing some rogue operation or is this the Katerian <clears throat> government as a whole kind of behind this or. Right. The only thing that's clear is that she, her intent was to use Riker to seed everyone in the Federation. <laughs> well, he's got plenty of seed to go around. Riker makes the most sense as a patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> as a typhoid Mary Sue, yeah. Alright, so poor Wesley, he, uh, he he's trying to get around the ship to get the data and figure out what's going on. He steps on a turbo lift and there's Nurse Ogawa who's just leaving a puddle on the floor of the turbo lift. If there's That's any doubt about... at the, you know, sexual nature of this, it, it's gone now. There was never any doubt. No, I'm just saying, like, oh, if, no, was... if there was any ambiguity in it up till this point, I mean, it's, it's just... It, it was about as subtle as Wesley's hair gel. <laughs> Just to say, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sits there and just kind of just, oh, look how he looks around the comfort like, <laughs> okay, that's great, thanks. <laughs> Mom's friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite description of Alyssa Ogawa ever. <laughs> that's like her lot in life. <laughs> uh, I mean, she should have been like, you know, head medical officer on another starship by now, but whatever. Okay, so they get down to engineering. Ashley Judge down there, a couple other engineering people. Wesley sits down at the little scanner thing. It's like, okay, uh, I've created a site-to-site transporter program as like a backup. We gotta, we gotta, you know, solve this. We gotta turn this off. We gotta figure out something for it. So he starts. Wesley, being a fucking genius and a little Mary Sue, uh, begins creating these algorithms to start like f- combating this. And he notices Ashley Judd has been sitting on a vibrating pickle for the past half hour. Well, and also, like, you know, he's issuing out instructions to be carried out to, like, you know, help them out in the meantime here. And she's kind of not doing anything. Right. So Worf and Riker just uh, teleport behind him and chase after him. And the head of security can't catch a 16-year-old boy. (sighs) Yeah, well. Just saying. Well, it's Worf. Right. Odo could have caught him without even trying. Well, yes. Odo would have been the chair he was sitting on. <laughs> yeah. And a rat around his thighs so he couldn't get up. Yeah. I got you, bitch. <laughs> I like how your Odo is also uh, your McCoy. <laughs> I can't. Hey, Mickey's Odo is far superior. We've covered this. 
so he's running down the corridor. Force field pops up. Wesley goes, computer, transport program, crusher one. And he blips away. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Outsmarted, yeah. And then he so also, he, he doesn't just take his comm badge off. He also, like, turns it off in the process before he throws it away. Because apparently that helps somehow. Yeah, I guess. All right. So now they got to track down this greasy little weasel running through their <laughs> ship. But in the meantime, oh. he sabotages the security sensors. Mm-hmm. He's lost it. He's tossed his comm badge, so they can't track him with that. And just to make things more interesting, when he runs into another force field, he starts firing a phaser at on automatic. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. Like a lawn pretty... sprinkler. Also, yeah. <laughs> also, this is the last time in Star Trek: The Next Generation that you get a clear look at a Type One phaser. Yeah. Great. Yep. <clears throat> fascinating <laughs> this is going to be the dvd commentary of our podcast about this episode that's the most hateful uh, passive aggressive spock impersonation i can do <laughs> uh, so i thought it was pretty cool yeah take a little type one phaser and then had it shoot the forest field so uh, that was a, a good ploy i mean that, that was neat yeah i mean i just i like the type one phaser was used here because in later series like you know, people be running around not visibly armed, and then suddenly they just pull a Type 2 phaser out of nowhere when they need to shoot something. Right, right. At least these things were, like, literally designed to be worn in a little pocket on a uniform. Yeah, I mean, they're a little key fob. Yeah. <clears throat> Those security guys, they're like, oh, they're like cavemen mystified by this thing. How <laughs> how it shoot? What? <laughs> how? Where beam come from? Oh, it turned it off. Also, uh, I like what the effects people did in this. Like, just before he pushes the thing to act like he's turning it off, it, like, flares like it's going to shoot one last beam. Right. Like, that, that's kind of neat just from a visual effects standpoint. Yeah, and the fact that the, the camera is behind the force field that it's hitting is yeah. a really neat shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, it's a really neat shot. Special effects look great still. All right, so... The entire crew of the Enterprise is trying to track down Wesley, and they're going to do it like, fuck it, do it section by section if you have to. So, okay, the way they shoot the uh, scene over the table in engineering is kind of creepy, because, like, okay, so you see the reflections of Worf and Riker there working on the stuff, going over the readouts, but in the middle of them, you can just see Ashley Judd standing there motionless, staring. Yep. It Like, when you notice that, it becomes super unsettling. Yeah, if you say so. I do. All right. So, uh, so Wesley's in the Jeffrey's tubes and trying to crawl around. They yeah, they uh, they pinned him down by uh, following his uh, thermal signature. Yeah. You know? So Worf is in there trying to get him, and he's fighting against a door. Worf versus a door, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, hey. there's no like safety mechanisms on these hatch doors, so that it, you know wins. if somebody's caught in there, it won't just keep trying to close on them. Yeah. So, Worf wins. They they apparently Worf and Riker both physically drag him out of the tube and drag him halfway across the trip up a uh, ship across up to the bridge. And they put him in the captain's chair. And it's like you didn't expect the captain's chair to be like this, did you? <laughs> All right. So they grab the. I like they use they use uh, Doctor Crusher's too. They want to make sure they use his mom's. Put it over his head, and they force his eyes open somehow. And then he and blinks they... while they're holding yes, his eyes open. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. Could they not have, like, cut around that or something? 
And he gets zapped. Oh, God, yes. I like how Wesley wasn't smart enough to just try and lose the game. Well, it yeah. seemed, well okay, I... so it seemed like he was trying to at first, but they were also saying at several points through the episode, like, as soon as you're not trying, the game basically just takes over and does it by itself. Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of no good way to avoid it. Otherwise, it would be a really terrible yeah, I mean, there, mind control device. There is no lose state, I think, is the intent. You either pretend you're playing the game and do it, or you don't, and the game just lets you win anyway, because that's what it's designed to do. Yeah. All right, so they've zapped Wesley. They're all like, aha, we got him. Yay, we win. And suddenly the lights begin to dim. Cue dramatic Standing music. And yeah, dry and is that, that Mister? Is that Data's theme music? <laughs> What's going to save the day? Why a Data ex machina? <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. That's exactly what I was going to say. I hate you so much. <laughs> the machine. I hate you so much. I was going to say it so much funnier than that, but you stole it. I've been planning all episode to say that. Well, then I'm glad so, Mickey stole it. So, Data comes on and flashes the crew, which... Wait, <laughs> well, it's nothing Tasha's never seen before. Robot dong! Can't see that, can you? <laughs> yeah, and so, like, the twist is that uh, Data's penis can be used as an illumination device. <laughs> I like a glow say flotation. stick. You have to snap it and shake it. <laughs> <laughs> like a glow stick. <laughs> <laughs> Shaka, 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 shaka. <laughs> All right. So they go, oh, shit. So now they, they, they go to this real quick exposition, this tie-up thing. of like, oh, we just did the lights over the entire ship, so everyone's fine except for a few people. We'll find them. Get a tractor beam on that ship, and, and let's bring them in or whatever. But still, I where the heck did Data come from? There was, there was no mention of them actually fixing Data. There was just... This oh, no, they very... did. Uh, Wesley said that he was able to fix Data, and then he was running around the ship to buy Data time to figure uh, out how to solve everything. Yeah, yeah but it's off fact. screen, so therefore deus ex machina. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's the only kind of weak thing about this episode, is like, we don't actually get to see that, they just mention it after the fact. It's like, well, when did he have time to do that? They don't show when he had time to do that. Of course, if they had actually shown that in sequence, it would have removed all the peril from the Wesley chase. Yeah, yes. I guess so. Unless, you know, Data had to have some sort of, like, boot-up diagnostic, and then, then yeah, maybe he wasn't going to make it in time. It could take a day or a week, who knows, you know. Well, I mean, but, okay, but if that was the case, then there wouldn't be time to <clears throat> brief Data on the situation and have him be working on a solution. Yeah. By the way, uh, when Data's kind of standing there talking, you can see the thing on his chin. You can see where they put makeup over the stitches or whatever. <laughs> you, you can see the, the bump, the weird thing on the side of his chin. No, that's just Brent Spiner. This <laughs> is face tentacles. He's like a drenai. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a really quick resolution to this. Uh, so I, I, they delivered the Katarian vessel to a starbase for some reason, I guess. Uh, well, it, you know, they did try to stage a takeover of a Federation ship. Yeah, that's a spanking. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It turns into that. That's a paddling. Yeah, you had to do it right on her forehead, though. That's the only place she likes it. <laughs> um, she got six cheeks. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, they're going to throw him, throw Wesley. Now that he's saving everyone's asses again, they're going to throw him on the Merrimack and send him back to the uh, Academy because apparently he gets two days off. 
That's it's weird. Spring break, you know. Yeah, I guess. I guess your relativity's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just got here. Well, technically, according to relativity, you haven't left yet. So <laughs> all your assignments are due now. But I'm on vacation. Uh, all right. So uh, we get a little tongue action with uh, Ashley Judd and Wesley. Son of a That's bitch. some chemistry. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I could conjure some chemistry for Ashley Judd. Oh, my God. See, I imagine that Wesley's breath uh, tastes like ranch and hers tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> what? Because, you know, it probably wasn't pleasant for either of them. I see. So they, they have a nice little smooch and a hug, and, and that's kind of it, right? Oh, she gives him a copy of her rules. Yeah, thanks. As he's walking down the corridor, he tosses into a replicator. <laughs> <laughs> He's being teleported with us. He's being transferred. He tosses it out of the beam for the last second. <laughs> he drops it in the matter stream. That never right. rematerializes. Uh, back to deuterium with you. Uh, cute. Uh, yeah, there's a little red plastic thing that it's in. It's kind of cute. It's like, it looks like a day calendar. It probably was. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Rule 104, never go ass to mouth. <laughs> also, who prints stuff on paper in the 24th century? Why didn't she just give him a pad? Right. Yeah, I like it goes in for one last kiss and then quickly diverts to the cheek. That was awkward. Well, that whole scene was awkward. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. We uh, I think we won the game. There's a lot less uh, Kirk Douglas in this than I thought. Or Michael Douglas. <laughs> Everybody watch that movie? The game? Michael nope. Douglas? No? Nope. Okay. Did not happen. <laughs> I like that. I like that movie. It's kind of a mindfuck. All right. Well, anyway, so that was it. So Butthead McGee got taken away and everything's back to normal. Yay! Okay, now everybody heaped praise on this episode all at once. It was... Discussable. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, so, what was like the point of this episode? What was the moral of the story? What, what was uh, what did the we point learn? of this episode? Was invasion of the body snatchers in space? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, not not terribly impressive. I mean, a good solid episode. I mean, I wouldn't have felt cheated. You know, I remember watching it back in the day, going, "No, okay, that was cool." You well, know, I mean, okay, look at it this way, like. You know, they take an episode to have Will Wheaton come back, visit, and this was the worst problem they could come up with that he could credibly solve. <laughs> Oculus Rift addiction. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to all the problems they had him solve before. Yeah, well, he was a regular like, then. Like, gravity is reversed all in the universe. What do we do? I know. Stand on your head. <laughs> yeah, just reverse the deck plating, dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so what are we doing next week? That's a very good question. That's why I asked it. I asked the best questions. So, any ideas? We want to do, like, Enterprise, or... We rarely? never want to do Enterprise. I mean, we can keep going with TNG. I'm okay with that, too, but usually we like to shake it up a little, so... Is there a good Doctor episode we haven't done yet? Which what Doctor? What was the what was the doctor episode where he was like an opera singer and that one planet like went crazy for him? 
and like made him a celebrity. Actually, what about the one where uh, he's on the museum planet and they remember Jane Way's being living witness? Yeah, I've suggested that episode in the past. We were just reluctant because it's a Voyager episode. Have you watched it? You suggested it. I have seen it, but I don't really remember how great it is or not. Well, I don't. Well, great or not doesn't really matter. Like, did you think it was something we could talk about? That's why I don't. I don't know how great it is to talk about. Oh, okay. I still want to do the Royale at some point because it's fucking weird. Yeah, I gotta make sure I'm getting drunk for that one. So yeah, let's <laughs> want to do that one. Maybe not right now. No, no, but... right this fucking second. We're doing it. Port Max, you're staying up. <laughs> overtime <How's> it... again. <laughs> yeah, how's that overtime going? Yeah, we're paying still time, time and a half. We should do one one zero zero one zero zero one. Is that is that the one with the binar? That's the one with Minuet. Oh. How could he rattle that off and you ask if that's the one with the binars? Because that was the joke, Fort Max. Your joke delivery is just terrible, you know? What's her (laughs) name? And tell me that she loves jazz. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Let's do that. Which one's that one? Is the name Uh, of the episode Minuet? Because if it is, I'm going to be a little annoyed. No, it's 11001001. Are you sure? As sure as the Wikipedia is. <laughs> uh, I just want to see if I can keep you, make you say it a couple more times. What I'm not going to devolve into a Rush song, so <laughs> your drink is going to go unfulfilled. Okay, so yeah, let's do some Season 1 TNG next week. Uh, what's the title of that episode? 15. It's uh, episode 14 on Netflix. Yeah, because Encounter at Firepoint is, you know, two episodes in one. Uh, yeah. Wow, That's man, right. Enterprise is gorgeous. You sound so surprised. Oh, it's just I just love the Galaxy class. It's just one of my favorite spaceships of all time. I love spaceships. Okay, so oh, yeah, that's right. What? Hmm? Finish Oh, I sorry. Well then open your mouth. <laughs> sorry, that's reflex. Uh no no, no they, they get to go back to Earth and go to see Earth Space Dock. That's cool. What's gorgeous? Oh, Sorry, what? So cool. What episode yeah. are you looking at? I'm looking at episode 14 of season one. They don't go back to Earth. Is that is that? Oh, that's just another star base. That's not Earth space dock, right? Are you sure? That looks like the moon in the background. The first time they no. go back to Earth is um, a moon. Conspiracy. The, moon. the first time no, they go right. back to Earth it says is conspiracy. Star base 74. Yeah, you're right. That's Starbase 74. You guys are right. Sorry. It they, looks just like Space Dock. Look, they only go back to Earth when they need to blow someone's head up. <laughs> okay, so we'll do uh, first season TNG next week. Mickey, in the meantime, I would like you to watch Living Witness again. And well, you could like that all you'd want. Well, to determine if it's discussable, because if so, we'll do that the week after. I'll get right on that. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have, same, you have like seven days to do that. Uh, here's an idea. Why don't you watch it and decide if it's discussable? I mean, if it's going to come down that to way. if it's going to come down to me making the decision, I'm just going to say we're going to do it right now, and the chips are just going to fall where they may. Yeah, well, we know what happens when you put down chips. <laughs> I've never seen this man put down chips. <laughs> Sour cream, <laughs> guacamole. Ooh. Yeah, see? He's trying to pick up the chips now. 
All right. Well, let's do a uh, yeah. Let's do uh, episode fourteen. Let's do one one zero zero one zero zero one. And then uh, yeah, then we'll maybe look into uh, Living Witness. Well, I'll put that in the schedule for the moment anyway. Okay, cool. Also, at some point, I do want to do Rascals now, because that, <laughs> yeah. that's an entertaining episode. Yeah. To watch, I, at least. This seems to be a lot we can make fun of, which is the important part. Yes. It's the dumbest concept. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, uh... You know, I'm more excited for Orville than for, for Discovery, so fuck you guys. No, really, you're just fucking yourself there. Yeah. I seriously don't get why nobody seems to be excited about Discovery but me. I, oh, everything I, I see about it looks fine. I see nothing wrong. It may look fine, it just doesn't look exciting. I know, I guess maybe we've been burned too many times before. I mean, I hope it's good. It's one of those things where, like, like anything else in the world, man, I hope that it's good. I hope that it's this what we want it to be, that it brings Star Trek back, that it's everything that it should be. I don't see any evidence saying that it's not going to be fine. The fact that it's been in production for like a year longer, they've had to change directors and producers so many times, that the screenshots and stuff we've seen don't look like anything like Star Trek before. It looks more like J.J. Verse as opposed to anything else. Uh, I don't know. Um I guess wasn't this supposed to be out for the fiftieth anniversary? Uh-huh. That I'm always seemed flags. like an unrealistic goal in the first place. The series says, Oh, we'll get a new show about the fiftieth, and like realistically, no, that's way too soon. From when it was first announced as something they wanted to do to the time that's going to be actually coming out, that sounds like a reasonable time frame to me to, for a show. As far as how it looks, uh, Star Trek looks different with every generation. I mean, next yeah. generation didn't look a thing like original series, so who cares? I just like it to look like Star Trek, though. I mean, I think it I, does look like Star Trek. Yeah, I don't know. No, but I mean, to Mickey's point, like from the perspective of the original series or even the movies, Next Generation didn't look like Star Trek. And everyone bitched about Next Generation was about to come out too. But this is not Star Trek. This is not Star Trek. Enterprise didn't look like Star Trek either. It still doesn't. Yes, but it was also set a hundred years in the future from it, so it would look different. This is set ten years before the Cage. I think it's where nerds need to stop fucking off and being so hard held to their their canon. Um, let it go. I just wanted to make sense, you know, because there's a ways that you can make it look that old way, but kind of modernize it and still look cool. I think there's a way to do that. I just don't haven't seen anything that's maybe thought they've succeeded at that yet. Not that they even attempted it. I don't see any reason to think they even attempted to do that. Um, it's supposed to be set in the prime timeline, the prime prime universe, not. Not Kelvin. So if it was set in Kelvin, I would understand. I wouldn't care nearly as much, but it's not. It's supposed to be set in, you know, the regular TOS universe. Okay, well, here's the problem with Star Trek uh, as it was set up in the 60s. It's a fucking stupid future that does not make any goddamn sense anymore. (laughs) All true. We need to let that shit go and reimagine it as something that makes sense for a future sci-fi you know, flying in space culture to to possibly look like technologically. Right. Um, there's retro for retro's sake. Uh, Star Trek has never been about being cheesy or campy intentionally, really. Right. It's about presenting a vision of the future. Right. The 60s vision of the future doesn't make any sense anymore. Especially, we like, the 60s vision of the future isn't 
buttons way out of the way of comfortable reach and uh, science monitors that you have to hunch over to look at. The other problem we is have fucking that... cell phones now. The, the original series Enterprise makes no goddamn sense. Right. Like, half the problem with how the original series looks now is that the original series influenced a ton of how technology developed in the ensuing 30 years. Right. So, and I, I I agree with all of that. So then my question would be, then why set it in that fucking time frame then? If you don't want it to look that way, don't set it in that timeline. Don't set it in that, that time zone, you know? Move it forward. Move it past Nemesis. Because the goal was to have something tied in closer to the original series for the 50th anniversary. That was the original plan. The plan was unrealistic. But well, the plan was also work. far enough along where by the time it was, you know, irrelevant, basically, it was too late to change something else. And they've been saying that this is a story that they want to tell that's going to fill in a gap. Whether they're blowing smoke up our ass or not, until we see that they're full of shit or if it's true, I'm going to just take them at their word, say that this is a good story they want to tell. This going to be worth telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be a neat format because, I mean, I, I mean – at least I love the whole Netflix, you know, solid 10 or eight episodes of a just fucking solid cohesive story. That's great. Yes. What a great storytelling device that is. Um, and I think it's I think it would work for Star Trek, too. I mean, it'd be neat to see a singular story told long form like that as opposed to episodic. I think that that that's a great move. And I'm looking forward to that. I just hope it lives up to the medium. And there's the fact that it's on something that probably no one's going to have. Oh, that's what piracy is for, Fort Max. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was something else coming to CBS that was that I was actually thinking, crap, I might actually get a subscription. There, what was it? I can't even remember. It must not have been that important. But, oh well, if I think of it. It probably doesn't matter. Yeah, it probably doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Strange stuff. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm going to see it, and we're going to we're going to critique the shit out of it anyway. I think the uniforms look cool. Uh, ship looks kind of neat. Uh, if not a little generic. Look, all oh. I said was that from what I've seen so far, it's not exciting me. I don't think it looks bad yet. You know, I don't. I'm not like ruling it out based on what I've seen. It's just not wowing me. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not excited, but I'm not, like, casting doom on it either. Being neutral seems like a strange thing to feel about it right now. Well, I mean, compared to, like, you know, the feeling of Star Trek Nemesis or the feeling of the, you know, second and third uh, 2009 series movie, I think neutral is kind of a step up. (laughs) Well... I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm going to watch it no matter what. But well, I'm I mean, very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good, but if it's not, you know that I have no problem changing my opinion on something. Well, yeah, see, I, I guess really my – okay, here, here, here's – I just kind of – And if you are wrong, we'll uh, – well, and if it is bad, we'll get to make fun of you for being wrong. <laughs> of course. That's part of the fun. Which then is I'll it... deflect by making fun of the show for being bad. Yes. So I, my worry is I'm okay with Star Trek adding stuff to Star Trek. Totally fine with that. It needs to happen. You need to add stuff to Star Trek. The reason that they picked it 10 years before TOS, 
they're going to change stuff in Star Trek, not add to it. And that's the problem I have. That's the worry I have. Not the problem I have, because I don't know how they've done it yet. But my concern is they're going to change stuff without adding stuff. I'd rather them add stuff than change stuff. Well, it's going to be is that this is the future that Enterprise built, which actually yeah. doesn't align with the original series. Yeah, especially The original series has now been retconned out of existence. Yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no. I mean, I, I personally, I think that there is a way to do the original series general aesthetic without making it look cheesy and weird and make no goddamn sense with a bunch of, you know, colored jelly beans glowing yeah, everywhere. You use you use the production design style of the movies. Yeah, which were basically TNG, really. I mean, they had kind of an L cars kind of thing going on. Well, they and... still kind of had buttons like stuff was still yeah. more analog. Yeah, I mean, they had, like, tube TVs all over the place. <laughs> right. But they were built Glorious in the walls. So they, they were built <laughs> in the walls so they didn't really stand out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they made them try to look flush as possible. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, again, I'm totally okay with that. Whatever. I also think... point out that uh, Space Abraham Lincoln and a planet full of Nazis and gangsters is in the same continuity as the Din Minion War. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same universe. Yep. All true. But see, that's what's cool about Star Trek. It's so huge, you can tell that many kinds of stories. That's what makes it a good storytelling universe. I want... It has that kind of range. I yes! Want, I want a novel or something that tells the story of the Dominion coming up upon planet Nazi. Mm -hmm. you know, the Cardassians are like, look at these pussies. Yeah, that, yeah, the Cardassians. The Cardassians invade planet Nazi in the border wars. <laughs> How about a, a plan, a, a, a novel or something where Garrick teams up with Trelane? Oh, God. Who's Trelane? The Squire of Grothos. Basically a baby Q, right? Somewhat. It's never been exactly clarified, but it's been hinted he's Q-ish. Yeah. But, but they can have a contest to see who's more foppish. Oh! <laughs> 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 Cool, cool. All right. Well, we got we have Star Trek to look forward to. There's new Star Trek coming. I don't care, good, bad, or otherwise. It's still exciting. Right now, there's more Star Trek coming than there is Star Wars, and that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, we got episode forty-seven or something coming up next, don't we? I don't, I don't even know. Well, we got like two and a half hours of Star Wars coming versus what, like fifteen episodes of Star Trek. Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you measure it that way, that's totally true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good ratio. I like that. Yeah, I'm right with that. I mean, that's, that's basically point. how the ratio between them should work. There should always be more Star Trek than Star Wars. Agreed. Technically, there still is. And there should always be. Disney's working hard to fix that, though. <laughs> I can't wait. And is that also including, like, Clone Wars, Rebels? The holiday I think special? Even still, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I have a question. I'm going to just toss this out there and see what happens. Uh, episode uh, eight or episode nine or Rogue One? Which one was better? You mean episode seven? Was it seven? Yeah, episode yeah, <laughs> five and six. Yeah, seven. Sorry. Uh, I... Episode seven is competent, but it is nothing you haven't seen before because it's almost literally a copy of episode four. Yep. Uh, however, Rogue One, I thought, 
was very good. It captured the original trilogy's feeling. It was original. Um, it did a good job of bringing old things in and working them in, even some stuff that was slightly dodgy, like fake Tarkin and Leia. I didn't deal with. But no, I liked Rogue One. Uh, I respect it. I haven't cared about the My problem yet. with fake Tarkin is that he wasn't wearing fuzzy slippers. <laughs> well, like the Professor Farnsworth? <laughs> no, like the fuzzy slippers that uh, that he was uh, that the actor was wearing on set because there were because they didn't have any of the uh, shoes in his size. Oh, <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> That's adorable. Peter Cushing and fuzzy slippers. Yes, Peter <laughs> Cushing had a, had apparently apparently has pretty had pretty large feet. Oh, really? <laughs> to the point that uh, yes, yes, I. But uh, to the point that uh, they that the shoes that uh, they had, uh, even the largest ones, were still pinching his toes a whole lot. They should just cut the toes out of them. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't have any toes, he can't be pinched. What do you Old need Drew. toes for, anyway? Oh, but hey, Rogue One also had a troubled development, and it turned out pretty damn good, so... Had what development? Troubled. I thought you said troubled. Oh, did it? <laughs> so did <Yeah>. I. <laughs> oh. Uh, not that we can tell. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I was talking to somebody the other day about that, and they they, they hated Episode Seven, hated it, hated it, hated it, and they hadn't seen Rogue One. I'm like, oh, well, if you like the original series or the original trilogy, you need to see Rogue One because, like I said, it feels like it. It's got the same tech, everything looks exactly the same. The important thing about Rogue One is that like three fourths of the cast member has a '70s mustache. Like, yes. Like even the robots and the ladies have '70s mustaches, <laughs> so you know it's you know it's historically accurate. Right, right. And in that mustache, you can see a little bit of white powder residue. Yeah. Magnificent feathered hair, like the mm-hmm. wings of a majestic bird. Yes. All the blinky lights everywhere. Blinky, Levers. No. Blinky light I, I mustaches. Love, that's what I loved about Rogue One, is it looked like the original series. The mm-hmm. original trilogy. It's fantastic. It just, the one thing it was missing was uh, obvious bad paper mache Vader helmet. <laughs> well, I'm okay with that. Plus, we get to see Vader unleash, you know, on the way to the uh, to the blockade runner on the hallway. That was that was worth a lot of it that, too. That was a little fan servicey, but it was fine. Uh, um, yeah, well, what, it makes what I appreciate about Vader is it hid the red eye pieces in. That's attention yeah. to detail. Yep. Yeah, because it had that that amber kind of reddish color to them. <laughs> yep. And I do like how it makes sense that okay, yeah, in uh, the one time that he's beating on that he's uh a, on even facing someone who isn't his uh who isn't someone who works under him of course is uh that okay moving like old man but that's all because okay you don't want to move much when you're fighting against someone who's just about as skilled as you are because if you screw up you're dead whereas this uh oh he's up against a bunch of nobodies he can just Go all dramatic uh, and show a force. Yeah, my openings don't matter anymore. Right. Yeah, because what are these little dorks going to do with their <laughs> goofy-looking hats? Uh, plus, I always thought of it as more of a. There's a lot more force stuff going on in the fight between uh, Vader and and um, Kenobi. 
you know, it wasn't, it's not about all physical stuff. There's a lot more force stuff was happening. That's why I always kind of took it. It would be nice if you could see any of it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I call bullshit just on a that. Couple of old, I'm, but as is, it looks like a couple of old men uh, waving fluorescent tubes around. That sometimes aren't lit up. Because yes. they forgot to rotoscope some scenes. Yeah. And Lucas never corrected them, even the fucking special editions. What the fuck? <laughs> right. He got like, all the TIE fighter explosions blue, but you want to make sure the lightsaber is glowing in all the scenes? Nah, that's cool. Right. <laughs> or I had little fucking retarded animals jumping around the backgrounds of scenes for no reason to distract you. Uh, or add CG ones walk dancing in front of scenes to distract you. Yes. Okay, well, look, this is a whole other episode. We're going to start making fun of Lucas and him it's fucking like, around with Star Wars. He went back to correct mistakes and he didn't correct mistakes. He just created new ones. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I say. It takes two people to create a masterpiece. Yeah, the Lucas artist and Irvin Kirchner. The, the artist <laughs> and the person to kill the artist before they keep filling with it and ruin it. The artist and the editor. Pretty much. Sadly, Transformers has neither of those. Sometimes it doesn't even have a writer. <laughs> I had a room for people calling themselves writers. <laughs> well, no, one of the people in that writer's room was the person who did Daredevil Season 1, I think. Yeah, but how much do they contribute to this? I have no idea. I'm just saying, I was like, more. I was more talking about Revenge of the Fallen. We know. No, I'm just saying, like, the writer's room probably did have people of, uh, like, legitimate writing talent. Whether or not their contributions actually make it in any, you know, meaningful, in any meaningful context to what goes on screen, that's a completely different question. I assume half of it is, like, there's a lot of good stuff that just doesn't get into the script at all, and a lot of good stuff that does get into the script that then Bay goes... Hmm, but what if I make this funnier and have someone piss on, uh, and have uh, one of the robots piss on someone? Because again, neither artist nor editor. Yeah. <sighs> Nightmare. <laughs> Why couldn't this have happened to a franchise that we don't care about? Thank you. Well, like, it... Why couldn't this happen to the Jajo movie, and we got Thank the Jajo movies instead? Well, it kind of did. <laughs> the second Jajo movie is awesome. Is it? It, is, seen it. it is the cartoon. The only thing that's missing is for someone to digitally add in laser blasts instead of bullets. Mm -hmm. And it is just as stupid as the cartoon is. It's fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I've heard about a fan edit that actually does add in the lasers. Now, you, here's the question. I want that. Is it Sumbo no. cartoon stupid or Deke cartoon stupid? Um, I don't know the difference. I didn't really watch the cartoon that religiously. I just caught an episode here and there. So... I can't help you on that. Deke tends to be... Well, Deke has more episodes like Cobra Commander's evil plot is editing the school textbooks. <laughs> oh, wait, so he, Georgia. Wait, or Texas. <laughs> yeah. I will say that the, the, the sequel movie plot misses Cobra Commander holding the UN for ransom. <laughs> Isn't that just a Batman 66 movie? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's stupid. <laughs> You know, now I want a G.I. Joe story where Cobra Commander runs and is legitimately elected as the governor of Texas. <laughs> We're instituting the death penalty. Oh, wait, you already have that? Oh, shit. 
see, Cobra Commander would never fly in here because Cobra is an international terrorist organization. <laughs> yeah, Texans don't like internationals. Uh, and it says it right there in the opening theme song. Of Texas? <laughs> Deers and queers. He'll let Destro handle the international part. Yeah, really. He's Scottish, apparently. <laughs> Does he know O'Brien? Probably all Scottish people know all Irish people. They're like the same, right? Sure. It's like Israeli and Palestinians. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Losing viewers. Well, we're going to get bombed. <laughs> Not even bad as half our jokes did this episode. I don't know. I thought we had some good stuff this episode. Oh, we've, we've been holding it in for two RFC, weeks. You should do the episode of Transformers where they go to Carbamia. Yeah, that was a season three thing. Uh, over that. Yeah. <laughs> Understandably. Yeah. Oh my god! But yeah, they they had as a recurring thing the uh, the Republic of Carbomia. Let me let me go get its exact title because the whole thing is just ridiculous. Oh my god! Can we cover that instead of Voyager? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the Socialist Democratic Federated Republic of Carbomia. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. So Superhero Town presents that one episode of Star Trek presents that one episode of Transformers Season 3. <laughs> um, it's ruled by Abdul Fakadi, who is the Supreme Military Commander, President for Life, and King of Kings of the Socialist Democratic Federated Republic of Kerbamia. And he introduces himself as that every time he appears. Oh, and he says Kerbamia is in more than one episode. Yes. And it's in Five Faces of Darkness, isn't it? Uh, Five Faces of Darkness, Thief in the Night. Well, if it was in Five Faces of Darkness, we're not really sure if it actually happened or if it was just an animation error. <laughs> That's a really bad animation error if it's affecting the dialogue. Well, yes. this is Five Faces of Darkness. 